0: and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started.
1: My name is Adam Homie. I am your host. and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show takes you to those places where you have those mastermind meetings and aha moments that can change your trajectory or at least bring you a little bit closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. I come to you today sitting on my purple couch in my sumptuous Las Vegas apartment here in the hottest city in America. I am joined off screen by one of our podcast production assistants, Princess Alessandra Francesca, who some of you who follow my other podcast, The Brilliance Plus Passion Project, have seen knocking over the webcam and stepping on the keyboard. So today's guest is somebody who was on another podcast. He and I have kept in touch since then. He's done some really great things in his business he's going to share some updates on. And he's also a regular in our Everything Podcasting Facebook group. So check in there and you may see him participate in some of our Roundup posts and also in some of the discussions about some of the points of podcasting and online marketing. His name is CJ Gilbert. Some of you may recognize him already. He's been a website developer for over a quarter of a century, and now he's a speaker and author teaching business owners how to use their websites as their number one business tool so they can make more money and serve their clients better, faster, and easier. CJ empowers entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, and authors to spread their unique message and gifts and therefore collectively help millions. Uh, one of his portals is Ask a Web Geek, and candidly, I still owe him a, a, a contribution, so I'm sure that he's going to rake me through the coals a little bit and the amount of heat he brings to us today. But you are in the right place if you are interested and curious in the latest and greatest in proper website design, search engine optimization, and how you craft a website to make money cj gobert come on in the weather's fine
2: adam thank you so much for having me on your show i'm grinning ear to ear you absolutely crack me up i love it thank you so much
1: well thank you so much and that bio i read uh was so impressive i'm not sure i'm worthy to be in your presence and this is my show (laughs) so here's what i want to do first is before we delve into and you gave us some great talking points in the green room because there's so much value here. We're going to start with sort of a QA and a format and then see what branches grow from that. Right. Uh, what we're going to do first, however, is we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. and In your own words, tell us a bit about your journey or some element of your journey and how it's helped bring you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion.
2: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Adam. I've, you know, it's not a surprise to people when I talk to them. I've been a computer geek all my life. Uh, I've always played around with computers and technology of different kinds. And it was uh, very natural for me to, in 1995, begin to play with the Internet, which was brand new at the time. It was uh, an easy transition to make from the days of bulletin board systems and modems and and this kind of thing to now we have the Internet. We're all connected. And I started working for a local computer company um, right out of high school. And my my business and career life took a couple different turns. I was pre-med for a little while, decided I didn't want to stick with that. Uh, tried a couple things, ended up in banking, ended up in insurance for several years, and learned more about sales. And I worked for Geico Direct, and I worked for AAA, and I got tired of the sales pressure, and I, I moved sideways into an inspection role. So other people were doing all the sales stuff. I just got to drive around San Diego in my Jeep Wrangler and you know, look at people's houses and make sure they were still there and take a couple pictures, and it, w- it was a lot of fun. But one day, I was doing an inspection. I ended up getting hurt on the job and uh, hurt my back, hurt my knee and other things. And they're like, well, you can't hike all over San Diego right now. So what else do you know how to do? And I ended up mentioning that websites is something that I was was interested in and could do. And they paid for a little course so i could learn what was new in the in the world of of internet and websites and in 2006 i opened up my own business and began serving business owners with their websites and by building websites and that's really the beginning of the story of how i got there and what i learned in that time was unbelievable because i opened up my own business not really knowing a lot about business I knew my thing, I knew how to build websites and I ended up meeting a lot of other business owners that were in a similar position, they knew how to bake cupcakes, they know how to fix cars, they know how to do something, so they opened up a shop so they could do that thing they could fix cars and bake cupcakes, but they didn't know much about business and really quickly you realize that. What you're doing when you're trying to run a business is so much more than I bake cupcakes and I fix cars. You've got to think about marketing. You've got to think about a payroll and employees and email and websites and all this stuff that may be so outside your your wheelhouse. And I realized as I was sitting down with them and I started asking them questions like, well, what would what would you like your website to do? What are your goals for your website? Who is your target market? You know, I had learned to ask these questions, but they had never heard these questions before. I started writing down some of my thoughts. What should a website do for a business and for a company and for a, uh, an entrepreneur? And that's how I like to say I accidentally wrote my book, the five yeah. keys to sharpen your website. And that's really where my I still do build websites and that's my core business. But now I'm teaching and I'm speaking and I'm I'm really telling people what to do with their website at this point. And it's still something that I think a lot of people are missing,
1: right? I am with you 100%. And you know, I went to college, I was a political science major with uh, a an on paper history minor simply because I had already taken enough courses to f- fulfill the minor without having to do anything. Great. And I was also a Middle East studies minor because I got really interested in the topic and became good friends with the head of that department mm. at the university. Mm-hmm. So, I was there as a political science student because I had uh, the idea that I was going to go on to law school. The final semester at Penn State, I attended a seminar that was taught by one of the adjunct professors at the Dickinson University of Law, which is, um, which is affiliated with Penn State. Uh, he was charismatic. He was mesmerizing. He was provocative. He was every single superlative you could possibly imagine. He drew me in. He had me on the edge of my seat. And after two years, two hours rather it felt like two years of listening to this man I decided the last freaking thing I wanted in my life was to be a lawyer Mm. not because uh, not because I have any opposition to lawyers or anything like that because when you need one you hope you have a good one and I have some great friends who are lawyers at the same time uh, I realized it really didn't fit my personality and I guess I hadn't done the proper assessment so I went through a few years of uh, figuring things out. I my first actual professional job was so awful that I celebrate the day that I was fired from it as my <laughs> second birthday. I write about this in my chapter in Journeys to Success: The Millennial Edition. So I went back. I got my MBA uh, in human resource management. My goal is to become a training and development director for a Fortune 100. Then I got the entrepreneurial bug when I started picking up side gig work with smaller training and development firms, and I started my own company. Fast forward to 2005 when I uh, jumped out of corporate life and went full time with the entrepreneurial thing. And a month later, having attended two conferences and met a bunch of people, I was all of a sudden in the web design business. <laughs> I absolutely freaking hated it, <laughs> and uh, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell you the reason why. It's because. Part of it is I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was attracting uh, I was attracting clients who chase too many bright, shiny objects. So mm-hmm. you'd have this project that, and you know, as a developer, you I think you can relate to this. Uh, we all come together, uh, we agree it's gonna be an awesome project. Everybody's gonna hold up their end. In six weeks, this thing is gonna be live, and we're gonna be thrilled with each other. Yeah. So fast forward six months, yeah, and you have the client saying, for the 50th time, and I'd like to sue you when the F is my website going to be up already? <laughs> How many times do I have to ask? And then you pull up the thing that says, well, you said you were writing the content. And I asked you for it on this date, this date, this date, this date, this date. You said you'd have it to me by that date, that date, that date, that date, and that date. And it hasn't happened. So I got through that hurdle yeah. by becoming a copywriter. Yeah. Uh, because one of the one of the clients who's really starting to piss me off with that um, You know, know, finally finally he said, okay, I went back and read the agreement and you're right, there is a big bullet point which you took the time to bold, which says that all content is my responsibility. I don't know anything from content. How much for you to do it? And I just thought off the top of my head, I said, $3,000 and we charged a card on file? And he said, yes, how fast? I said, one week. And we got the site done. Wow. So my rates went way up, right? Way up because now, I'm writing in addition to designing, yes. uh, but in the end, I ended up getting out of it entirely. My next step was uh, I became a website conversion consultant back uh, 15 years ago when I was a yeah. separate discipline. Then I became a product launch hired gun. Then I then I uh, didn't know what I wanted to be for three years, so I sustained uh, living off legacy clients and the Business Creators Radio Show and the networking opportunities, and that journey led me ultimately to launching podcasts for clients. Yeah. So there's a little bit about my journey, and uh, you may have noticed that there are a couple little similarities between the two of us. And the one I want to highlight is that folks understand the importance of having a website, and it's like. It's like, I have a website, therefore I am. And it's been that way for a long time. But a lot of them really still don't even know what to ask for or what to expect and what makes a great website that's actually going to benefit their business. So where do we even begin with this?
2: That's a great question. And before I think we even get to specific things that your website can do, we have to start with a couple questions to really set the right foundation and the number the the two most important questions that we ask and have to, to go through is number one What are your goals for your website? And like I said, I get a lot of blank looks at that point. People don't know what to say. And I say, that's okay. Let me go through the rest of my points and then circle back to this. And you're gonna know at that point, do you want your website to help you with your sales? Do you want your website to help you with your customer service? Do you have resources that you wanna offer your clients? Education, forms, uh, entertainment. you know, These are the kinds of things you wanna think about. What can your website do for you? What can it do for your clients?
1: Yeah. Now, what stops most business owners from making progress other than the fact that they didn't realize the part where they were expected to write content? And that's why their site was so cheap.
2: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I think most business owners don't understand that their website can be a tool for their business. I think they lump it together with, well, I need to get a logo and some business cards and a website. And they kind of think of their website as another form of a business card. It's got my name, address, phone number, and that's it. But and I'm here to interrupt that thought with people and teach them that your your website, it's much more than that. First of all, we live in a digital age. Everything that we're doing now is online and we're using all these different platforms and a lot of them are connected and we jump from one to another. And the bottom line is your own website is the only thing you can fully own and control on the Internet. It is your piece of real estate. It's the only thing. And every other platform is screaming at you to come to them and build up their platform. Whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, LinkedIn, wherever, YouTube, I'm on all those places too. We need to be because that's where people are. We gotta go there, we gotta be there to find the people. But then what? You gotta bring them back to the thing you own, your own website, your own content, your own email list, your own community, And that's how you really engage them with your business. So it's so much more than a fancy business card. It's a tool. It's a machine. It's your own thing that you can own on the internet.
1: Right. So I want to back up a couple steps here. Now, uh, you told me a little bit that there are a couple very important questions, the two more important questions and and what this has to do with the goal setting and the analyzing your target market. We kind Mm -hmm. of breezed past that, but I want to hit that in more detail because without this stuff nailed down... Um, I don't think it's even worth it to build a website because it's not going to do anything for you to begin with. And I and I'd like to disabuse anybody of that fear or that misconception.
2: Absolutely. So so all of that topic that we were just in is really all in to do with the goals of your website. What do you want it to do for you? What do you want it to do for your customer? And then the second question that we need to go over is who is that customer we need to know exactly who your customer is and it's okay to create two to three different ideal customers that you want to work with because that's going to shape all of your marketing and all that content that you need to write for your website and your emails and your social media all of that becomes clearer when you can picture the exact person to whom you are speaking give that person a name uh, list everything you can about that kind of individual some of these factors may be important to you maybe not so pick the ones that are most important for your audience but it could have something to do with their gender their geographic location the level of education they have the level of finances they have are they married are they not married are they going through a divorce are they separated are they remarrying again Uh, you know all of these factors can can apply? What level of technology do they like or can use? What's their ability? What's their skill set? The more you can really think about the person you're serving, that immediately shapes how you build things, how you develop things, and how you craft the language, the words that you then use in all of your marketing from your website content, email, social media, etc.
1: Absolutely. Now, uh, one thing that comes to mind when i think of all this stuff is that you know people search globally to find locally i remember the date like it was yesterday it was friday november 8th 2013 this was the first day that i lived in las vegas and i had just spent three days driving across the country and then having all the stuff I'd shipped ahead delivered to my place, mm-hmm. uh, went to a furniture store to place an order, went grocery shopping, and actually filled the refrigerator. Uh, and uh, and uh, so I was sitting in my, uh, in my duplex that I was running at the time. The only furniture I had was a folding chair and my inflatable mattress, which the moment I laid down on it, my my cats, who were kittens at the time, I... I I brought the TV with me and I plugged it in. I plugged in the DVD player. Uh So I figured first night in Las Vegas, what's the best movie to watch the first night in Las Vegas casino. (laughs)
2: Of course
1: we were barely through that initial monologue by the Ace Rothstein character played by Robert De Niro, where he talks about how Las Vegas is a morality car wash. And I hear, (laughs) That inflatable mattress, which had served me for ten years, oh no, was done for. <laughs> and the Alessandra here is the one who did it. I saw you do. It. You can look at me all cute now and purr <laughs> and chirp and everything else, which you probably can't hear, but she's actually chirping at me. But you did it. So now I'm looking forward to two nights of sleeping on a hard floor because that bed I just ordered was going to be <laughs> arriving Sunday. So. Figured I got to do something. Got no place to sit, no place to lay. I could really go for a cigar. So there was this thing on the counter called a phone book.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: So I pulled out my so I pulled out my uh, my smartphone and uh,
0: <laughs> I opened
1: up a browser. And uh, at the time, and uh, the area code that was nearest to where I live is eight nine one two eight, which is Summerlin here in Las Vegas. And I typed in this was the actual search term. I used Cigar Lounge 89128 Let's Go, and it revealed that there was one two blocks away from me, so searching globally to find something that was two blocks away from me. Yeah. That's also how I had found the grocery store earlier that day. It's also how I had uh, measured the distance from where I was living to the UPS store where we had taken out the new corporate mailbox. It's also where I figured out a whole bunch of things, the nearest gas station, the nearest convenience store, uh, the nearest all kinds of things, the nearest Panera Bread for my breakfast. I mean, you could go down a list of Mm -hmm. they were all search terms. I was looking Mm -hmm. for something in the 89128 zip code but i did it all globally to find it locally. Exactly. And this is and this is the point i like to make uh, particularly for local business owners who say, "Well, and then you still see some of this is the say, "Well, i'll just um put up a one-pager on Wix, you know, it, it's a small town, everybody knows me, they see me at church." Okay. What about those new people moving in? What about people who don't go to your church? Mm hmm. That's a lot of customers right there in your own backyard.
0: hmm. hmm.
1: Yeah. So how do we get more people to find us, whether we're thinking locally, thinking globally or anywhere in between?
2: I love it. What an excellent, excellent segue into in the next part of what we're going to talk about here. I love the story and you're 100 percent right on. I want to I want to divide this talk into kind of two separate pieces. And I want to say this is the perfect segue into the first uh, the first point that I refer to as the three pillars of a successful website and the three pillars are your search, your sales and your service. So we're diving into the first one right now, your search and your search has to do with two things. And the first thing is on your website itself. And in a moment, we're going to come back to off your website. So on your website, we have to now talk about keywords. People get really stressed out of this concept of keywords. What are my keywords? Am I using the right keywords? How do I need to use my keywords better? And this is something that was probably more important to stress out about 10 to 15 years ago. But things have changed a lot over the last decade in terms of the way that search works. So I'll begin by letting you know that in the in the first days, you would need to have a phrase a keyword keywords are words or phrases that you're using to search for something exactly like Adam just said cigar lounge breakfast diner, these are the things you're searching for it could be uh, services by name shoe shop fix my shoes, these kinds of things. And you pop them into the search engine. And the way that search engines used to work was just by counting words on a page. So if you put in Cigar Lounge, or Cigar Lounge Las Vegas, or Cigar Lounge with that particular zip code, the search engine's gonna grab that phrase Cigar Lounge, and it's gonna look at every website it can find, especially if it also matches that zip code, that's even a higher level of search and match. So it's gonna find every website that's got Cigar Lounge and that zip code on it, and it's gonna deliver that to you. And the way that it decided which one to rank first was who used more of that phrase. So I open my website today and I say, I'm the best cigar lounge in Las Vegas. And then Adam opens up his tomorrow and he says, looking for a cigar lounge. I'm the best cigar lounge in Las Vegas. Well, guess what? Now he wins because he used it twice. So I have to change my website to say, are you looking for a cigar lounge in Las Vegas? Check out my cigar lounge in Las Vegas. We're the best cigar lounge in Las Vegas. Now I've used it three times, so I win. So that game kind of got out of hand. And another- yeah, yeah, because you're describing <laughs> keyword,
1: you're describing keyword stuffing to me, and I know yes. that at one point one of those various animals that Google released kind of wiped that out.
2: That's exactly right, and I I tell people this is the phrase keyword stuffing, and it sounds delicious, but it's not a side dish. <laughs> This is, so, this is where you try to stuff your website full of your keywords that you think are the best keywords as much as you possibly can. But you know what? Search engines don't work that way anymore. They used to, but they don't. They used to just count the number of times, and if you used it m- most, you win. But at some point, they decided that it made more sense to look at your keyword density. That's the measure of how many times you're using your keyword within a certain amount of text. So now they p- almost penalize you if you use it too much within a yeah. particular amount of text.
1: So oh, s- oh, CJ, if I may, I remember back in the yes. days when I was in the design business, that little trick where in the footer you create some text and use the CSS to make it the same color as the footer so people yes. couldn't see that you were just repeating your key phrase over and over and over and over again. And the yes. only way somebody looking at the site would know is if they dragged their cursor over it and highlighted it.
2: That's right. That yeah, that exactly that right. that actually
1: was a legitimate tactic. And that's part of the reason Google cracked down on this. So
2: go ahead. A- absolutely. So the, the thing that I, you know, the average business owner, they're like, how do we avoid this? I'm worried about this. Mr. Average business owner, Mrs. Average business owner, entrepreneur. You don't need to worry about that. All you need to do is talk about your services the way you naturally would. The way you would tell me a friend, the way you would tell me if we met in a networking meeting what do you do, how do you do it, where are you located, and then Give me more information. What are your three main services? Maybe five main services. Tell me what those are. Then tell me a little bit about each one. And I promise that the natural words and language that you're going to use to describe your service, you're automatically going to be using the right keywords. You're automatically going to be using them in just the perfect percentage. And you don't need to worry about keyword stuffing. As long as you're not trying to trick Google or the search engines on purpose, You'll do it right, and it'll be fine, and it'll be relevant to your customer. Always think about that customer. Remember that customer. That's who we're talking to. So if you just write your content like you're talking right to them, you'll be spot on.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, I know the next thing we want to discuss is the idea of the uh, difference between off on page and off page you got it. search engine optimization which has always been a thing and yes. one thing i like to say is i mean you i think you know a little bit more about some of the seo stuff than i do uh because i focus more on sem which is search engine marketing which mm-hmm. is essentially the same thing but it, there's a nuance to it uh mm-hmm. but uh but you uh but you know with all these animals that Google's released and all the supposed disruptions to everything having to do with search engine optimization and marketing, every time the dust settles, quality backlinks are still the thing.
2: Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: So, so what do we need to be thinking about on this whole on-page, off-page thing?
2: Excellent, excellent question. So everything we talked about before is called on page because it's on your website. Now we're going to talk about the SEO that is, quote, off page. And that's everything that's off or outside of your website. And if you can get it, if you can get it, some kind of a, referral relationship with other people who are who have small local businesses maybe you're writing blogs together or articles and you can send links back and forth to each other as you write about each other on your blogs that's an excellent way to get natural backlinks that's the phrase for it links that link back to you yeah and one of the most important ways that you can get links back to your website right now is now a, a concept that most people don't even know about and except they do know about it. They just don't know they know about it. And that is directory listings. A few minutes ago, Adam mentioned um, a, an, ar- an archaic piece of history known as the phone book. And this is a thing that I have to explain to people who are like under 30, what this is, but this is a book they used to bring to you and put it on your doorstep. And it was, it was a big book and it was typically yellow and you'd look through it and it listed every business that was anywhere near you. And that way you could look up whatever you want, plumber, diner, cigar lounge, and you could call them with your rotary phone and you could drive over in your Buick or town car and, and help yourself to that service. Well, guess what? They stopped making it. You know, they actually delivered a postcard the other day. They still technically make them, but they don't really bring them out anymore. And why is that? Because we now use our phones and here's the part that people do know. You do know that you can pick up your phone and you can say into it bagel shop near me, plumber near me, a cigar lounge near me and your zip code if you need to. But you don't even need to add the zip code now because you can just say near me and your phone already knows where you are. Right. And So what's that all about? Now, you know that you can do that, but you probably don't know what happens next. What happens next is that your phone will search a directory listing. And depending on which kind of phone you have determines which directory listing it's searching. What I advise people to do is use a service that I offer, which helps you manage your listings and make sure they're published and correct and synchronized in all of the places. And the, the places include the major ones you already know, Google, Yahoo, Bing, Apple, Facebook. Uh Yelp, all of those are the main ones, and there's a zillion smaller ones too. But it's important to have your your accurate location published in those places because that's how you show up on the map, the Google map, the Apple map, whatever map or device people are using. Now your Alexa will search for it. And this is another comment on how the search has changed. It's no longer just about grabbing that phrase cigar lounge and matching it to a location. Now you're able to ask your devices, whether it's Siri or Alexa, you can ask them a question, you know, like, what time does the cigar lounge near me close? And this is a more sophisticated kind of search because your device now says, okay, I'm gonna find some the Cigar Lounge. So it it finds that, it cross-references the address, and now you wanna know, it it knows you wanna know when it closes. So it knows to consult the hours field, see what time it closes, 7, 8, 9 p.m., knows what time it is now and then tells you it closes at 9 p.m it closes in six hours or whatever the case is that's how ai is changing our search right now it's able to parse these thoughts as questions and then return an answer based on what we're looking for
1: that's great that's great now uh, you know my work obviously is working with entrepreneurs to launch your podcast and one of the things that we have all of our clients do is uh, have us create a dedicated website for the podcast. Now you mentioned now you remember I mentioned that I absolutely hate web design. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found I found a way to like it. And uh and it, 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 see we have a formula where we use a specific WordPress theme for which we developed a custom wireframe that has specific pieces of content that fit in specific places that take various permeations. Of language from a combination of the show's title, tagline, and description, and information I gather to them through a forensic interview we do within three business days of signing the signing the deal and getting started with the project. And the idea behind this is to create some of that searchability. And as far as helping a podcast leap out from the crowd, one of the things we have our our clients do is work with them to create a name for the podcast in such a way that the name itself becomes a search term. So, so you find some variation on a search term that isn't already dominated or trademark owned by somebody else, and you make that the name of your podcast. Or if you're using some basic uh, term that's actually pretty saturated, you add the word podcast or add the word show or add your no- own name to it. For example... Self-help coaching. There's a lot of stuff out there on self-help coaching. Mm-hmm. However, there is only one self-help coaching podcast, and Tony Petroza hosts it. So people know they can find the Tony Petroza podcast or the self-help coaching podcast with Tony Petroza, self-help sure. coaching podcast.
2: Sure. And
1: with um with Tony. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I yeah, I should try that one, see how that works. Yeah. And and what we've found is we use the website as the central hub for syndication. Yes, and we use that. We use the uh, the PowerPress plugin, and then use beautiful. that, and then use that. To get, you like what I'm saying here, yes. and use that to push out to all those other networks. You got your Apple Podcast, you got your Spotify, you got your iHeart, you got your podcaster you got Ghana and Geosav in which uh, podcasters know are places actually out in India. But they really, really rank very high in search engines. Mm-hmm. And if you can get listed on those, even though no one's ever going to tune in there, you're going to get a lot of hits and backlinks. Mm. So, uh, And we have about a dozen other. like We get people on the Amazons, as I like to call them, mm-hmm. and some others. And uh, we have a list of about 15. And we just bang through them. And, and uh, we either get them all or we're off by one. I sure. mean, that, that's how good our track record is. And, uh, and what I'm able to create, give that podcast a, a few months, and as long as the podcaster is consistently doing episodes, what you're going to see is their podcast, when searched for by natural search terms that humans think about, leaps up to number one. And then below it, if the site gets well-spidered, you'll get a couple of those um, links within the website, um, nice. you know, the bullet points under it. We've, sure. we've achieved that with a couple of our shows so far, oh, that's but great. then underneath it, you're going to start seeing the, the such and such podcast on all the various networks. And right. we can usually take most, if not all of the top 10 and one, we got the top 15. We just line them up.
2: That's great.
1: And the key to that is to consistently and persistently publish episodes and make sure that you naturally work your own search terms into the descriptions at least a couple times naturally, the way you speak. That's right. uh, we find we find that the shows that don't move as fast are the ones that don't publish as many episodes. So it's a matter of the more you do, the more you get.
2: Makes sense. Yeah, and uh,
1: and, uh, and so and so with that, not only not only do we capture that on SERPs, but then we start to move into the images search, and part of the way we do that is by file naming conventions. Where, and if you tell me there's a better idea, I'll actually experiment with it and test it. But what we found is when you name the files consistently with a pattern, so maybe guest name or episode name, then name of podcast or name of host, you know, you mix them up because there are a few different sets of graphics that go with each episode to get loaded onto the main website. You start to invade the images search and get a lot of traction there.
2: 100 percent true excellent yeah
1: yeah and and so and and we, and we tell them and i tell them i say everything lowercase hyphens between words yes. no spaces no weird characters i i i tell this story and uh the person who uh did this is actually a regular listener of, our, of ours so i am going to bust your chops just a little in a gentle lovingly way um they uh you know, most of our clients end up working with us to do the editing, production, and posting on an ongoing basis. Uh-huh. But a few of them say, oh, I'll do that myself. Or uh, I already have a team. Just show us how. So in lieu of the part of our launch package that has us posting four episodes for you, we'll host – well, actually, in lieu, in, lieu of the, in lieu of the part of the package where we give you extra episodes – We actually, uh, that we post for you before we have to make a decision on investing in our ongoing service, we'll take a few of those away and replace those with a tutorial Mm. where you actually get to watch over my shoulder as I post an episode Mm. going by a customized checklist where I walk through each step in painstaking detail. These videos take about an hour and a half to film, and they describe a process that takes 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Reason being is I describe every element and why it matters for efficiency, Kinesthetic optimization, search engine optimization, having the process be fun and not a job. And I remember this one case where um, the person's uh, virtual assistant uh, was the one who was going to do it, and uh, and I told the client, "Hey, let me know, let me know when they do the first one. I'll go check it out." And so I got, and so I got a note one day that said, actually I didn't get a note. I, um, I, uh, I subscribed to my client's podcast using that subscribe to email thing that Blueberry has. Nice. And so I got notified when the episode went up, I looked at it and, uh, then I, and I, and I, and I know they're, I know they're VA very well. So I contacted them and I, I said, uh, here's what happened. You watch my video for exactly 45 minutes and then you decided you knew everything and did it your own way. Because I recognize that's exactly where the deviation happened. Mm. And the deviation began with not following that foul naming convention.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything you just described has a a very specific purpose behind it. And they all add up.
1: Yeah, so I, so I bring so I bring that up to, but uh, just your point that it's not it's it's a matter of being systematic about it. That you don't necessarily have to think way too hard. You can be sure. natural about it. But when you have certain standards you keep in place that become habitual, you contribute to your own search engine optimization both on page and off page just by upholding these standards.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so you know we're you know so we're. Uh, you know, we're getting more people to find us, which is great. We got yep. the website as a media hub, whether it's a podcast, a, a business website, uh, an influencer website, whatever it is. But let's say you're selling stuff. How are we going to increase those sales?
2: Absolutely. Great question. And that's the next pillar is your ser- is your search, your sales and your service. So this is your sales. And I'll rattle off a couple things. But the really the number one point here is people choose the familiar and People choose the familiar, and whether you're selling a service or a product or yourself as a speaker or a teacher or an author. It's all a sales process. There's always a sales journey of some kind for the customer, and you need to recognize that when they come to your website. What are they looking for? They want to know a little bit about who you are, what you're doing. They have basic questions, and we want to answer their questions right away and the the bottom line is we want to let them become familiar with whatever it is we want them to uh, yourself your product your service and as they see you and as they see pictures hopefully maybe even videos of you or your staff or your product or related to your service they're beginning to develop this familiar feeling for you inside and i'm I'm gesturing to my heart space we used to believe that people made A buying decision based entirely off of facts and reason and logic. (laughs) (laughs) Now we know as Adam picks himself up off the floor, that is not true at all. People make their buying decisions entirely off of how they feel and then they justify it with the facts. Yes. I say your website is the perfect place to do both. Give them the facts, give them the details they need. Absolutely. But also remember, they need to get to know you and they need to develop that familiar feeling because that's what's going to tip them over to making that buying decision. When they're ready to make that buying decision, they're going to go in internally, again, their heart space. And 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 who do they feel like working with the most at that point?
1: Yeah. Uh... And the thing I like to say is, if uh, you're in any good business, there's really nothing new under the sun, except your personality and your approach to it. How you make people feel.
2: Absolutely. And
1: and 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 the, and, the, and the other code, so I add to that is some people aren't going to like it, and that's actually good because it will help you focus on those who you are destined to be with.
2: Absolutely. And who
1: are destined to be with you. So rather than trying to make uh, square pegs fit into round holes, you're attracting the round dowels that will slide right into the round holes. There you go.
2: That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. And this whole idea of people choose the familiar, you know, I, my, my business coach a couple months ago had me write down every business deal I'd ever made. Mm-hmm. I mean, going back to the beginning of my business. And I asked him, why do you want me to do that? He said, write down every business deal you've ever made to the best of your ability and knowledge to remember. And next to each one, write a sentence on how you closed that deal, how you met the client and what persuaded them to buy with you. And if this were a family feud survey, the number one answer would be, <laughs> we already knew each other for some other reason. Mm. And they decided that they had reached a point where they needed what they had to offer. And that was their first call because I was the guy they knew.
2: That's right. That's exactly right.
1: And as far and and, and at that point, as far as proving credibility, it was just simply a matter of asking any clarifying questions they had. And if they weren't sure about something I was saying, uh, taking a few minutes to explain it to them, sort of like you and I are doing for our listeners right now. Um, But but for other ones where there wasn't that initial familiarity, uh, what usually came up is I found out that whether you are the, uh, no matter which part of the couple you are which spouse you are or if you're a thruple or a or a group polyamorous thing or whatever how many other how many of you there are the prospect is somehow just magically never the one who makes the financial decisions it's mm. always somebody it's always somebody else in their family group interesting they're always asking the wife they're always asking the husband they're always asking the life partner yeah and uh and what and what that's about is a combination of them buying time and checking for any reasons why they shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But however, when they already have that ability to choose the familiar, they can go to whoever they've designated as their comptroller, their CFO, and say, hey, uh, hey, you you know, know, CJ, that website guy, right? Um, I want to hire him. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. That's a conversation.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I had a uh, I was on a call the other day with a, a husband wife duo and the wife had actually referred the husband to me because I'd worked with her previously.
1: I had one of those once, but go ahead.
2: Yeah. And so by the time we got to the call with the husband, he was ready to go and she was like, are you sure you don't need to think about this at all? Or and he's like, Nope. <laughs> and she was the one that referred him in the first place, which I thought was funny. So <laughs> we was already expecting he was going to go through it, but he was still. She was tr- still trying to give him the chance. You know, do you want to take the time to make the decision or whatever? He was like, Nope. Why would we do that? Let's do this now. Right. <laughs> so here's, you know, here's, you know yeah, exactly. Do exactly.
1: Do so here's another great segue here. Since we like segues, um, we've uh, we are getting found. Uh, we're increasing our sales through this power of people choosing the familiar. Now, uh, what about customer service? Because it's my belief, and I'll just say this up front, and I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah. That you know we talk about branding. Some people believe it's all color swatches and logos. <laughs> some people, some people believe it's entirely the personality of the figurehead. Uh, some people, like me, believe that while both of those elements may play their role, a key part of branding is the quality of your customer service. So take it away
2: absolutely and some of the things i'm going to say next really kind of overlap between the sales side and the customer service side sometimes they kind of go together they go hand in hand and what i want to point out is a couple things so the first thing i want you to think about is the natural structure or hierarchy of a website actually complements the way that people want to consume the information what did i just say let me say it another way we have to appeal, when we're talking about your website, we have to appeal to two different masters. We've got to serve the search engine, Google world, the computer that looks at our website and instantly memorizes every word. And we've got to appeal to our human user. Which one is most important? Yes, because we have to appeal to the, the computer to get them there in the first place. But then the customer is the most important when they're there because they're the one that's interacting with the website. So what do we do? Well if you think of the way that a human likes to consume information they want to walk they want to come into your home page and they do not want to be met with a wall of text that will drive them right away turn around oh my
1: good, my goodness i have i have one client and i and i and i, and I love the man and, he's, and he probably lists he's probably listening to this because he follows me religiously and uh, part of the deal i've had between him and i for 15 years is he is a he is a great copywriter i mean he is Brilliant when it comes to um, creating copy for printed materials, online materials, and things like that. So he writes it however he naturally writes it. And then it's my job to turn it into something people can read, <laughs> which mostly involves breaking his long run on sentences into four separate paragraphs and okay. bullet point lists. Yes. But yeah.
2: Absolutely. So when people come to your website, what they really need is bits and Little bits at a time they want headlines and bullet points, they want want to be able to scan over the information, so we want to give them those big beautiful pictures the videos if possible and headlines and bullet points here's who we are here's our three main services 123 xyz and then the user gets to decide a little bit about each one. The user gets to decide what they want to learn more about. And that's where they click. And that's the power of their choice. We want them to click on something. We want to kind of give them a super brief, beautiful, not overly complex uh, introduction to the different things they could choose to click and go to. Maybe it's your services. Maybe it's about you. Maybe they're ready to go to the contact. Maybe you have a free demo or something they can start playing with. Let them click. When they click, they're saying, tell me more about that. So if they're on your homepage and you say, here's our services one, two, three, and they're like, oh, I want to learn more about service two, and they click it. Now maybe they're on your services page. And that's where you're giving a little, just a little, a little bit more about each one. Here's our five main services, and we also do some other things. And they're like, oh, okay, I wanna click more on this one, two, three, whatever it is. Now they're another layer deep. They've just moved from your home page. To your services page and now they're on a sub page you know service number one whatever it is page that's where you can have that text that text you originally wanted to put on your home page probably doesn't belong there It probably belongs here on what I like to call the service detail page. This is where you give them all the facts. This is where you hit them with all the information because of how people consume information by the time they say, click, tell me more about that. Click. Tell me more about that. Now they're ready for it. And here's what's so great. We're actually also still serving that Google machine. That Google machine looks at your whole website at once. It sees all 20, 25 pages at once, and it knows every word on every page. Page. So depending on how the customer is searching determines where the search engine drops you. So if they're just searching real, real general for that cigar lounge near them, or you know, kind of a general term, they'll probably get dropped on the homepage to get introduced to that company or, or business or service. But if they start asking super detailed questions about the specific widget and what the specifications and yada yada are, the search engine recognizes that and will drop that customer right on your service page. Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? That's perfect because that's what the person was searching for.
1: Yeah, because they did the search on it. Now, real quick question here. When we get, you know, you describe these layers and I love it. Use the homepage. page help them figure out first of all which road they want to go down yes then put them on that road and have them decide which shop along that street they'd like to to peek into Yes. and then once they go in that shop now they can look around so when we're on step three and you mentioned the detailed services page i imagine that that can also take the form of a long form sales letter if it's warranted
2: absolutely so what
1: you've just done so what you've just done here is given a definition to something that I've been explaining to people for years, because you know there's this big debate between well, what works better, long form copy or short form copy. Yeah. You have somebody who actually measures the numbers, and they say all things being equal, except for certain situations, the long form copy tends to, to uh, perform better. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then go on a Facebook thread where somebody asks that question, you hear all these people saying, hey worry, just tell me." Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, Yeah. I'll, I'll run a split test on you and we'll see which one gets you to buy. Yeah. There's, Yeah. there's, Is. As, as my, as one of my own mentors, uh, Paul Ross says, there's what people say they want. There's what people think they want. And there's what people actually respond to in a way that you want them to respond. And this number three is the only one that matters.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, but yeah,
1: but see, that's really great. And, it th- and what I mean by this is it does answer that question where do you position long copy versus short copy so your homepage is very short copy you're just getting them onto which street in the neighborhood you want they want to drive down yes. and uh and then once they're on that street then it gets slightly longer because you want them to know what's in each one of the storefronts mm-hmm. and once they're in that storefront now they're ready for a deep dive mm-hmm. so at this point they're on the they may not on the edge of their seat, but they're leaned in and they want to know more. They want to to not only understand what this product or service is, but they want to feel what their life is going to be like when they invest in it or what they're going to be missing if they don't. And there's other ways you can define that, but I'm just trying to keep it simple. So this is actually a great definition of long copy versus short copy, where the answer is yes. And it comes down to where is the person in your prospecting, buying, or customer acquisition cycle.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I love to point out to people that your website is the perfect tool to use to help guide that customer and a tool for you to use as you help guide your customer through those different steps of the process some people are gonna start at the home page or they just want an overview some people are gonna be ready to jump into that free trial or that demo or whatever that first step is you're gonna be able to send people right to that if it's helpful or maybe you need them to have certain forms or resources or you're a medical office you want them to get the new patient guide and fill out some disclosures that's a, part, that's a step in your sales process make that a page on your site make it something that people can walk themselves through one two three or you're guiding them through here's step one here's step two now click here and go here and fill out this
1: yeah i think that i think that's just really great and i really appreciate you bringing this to the table it is fantastic in terms of Explain that. It's also a great thing. I want to bring a, a couple other concepts together because mm-hmm. this is something one of our um, podcasting clients is doing with their business branding site is um, over the past year, this client has created a number of special reports, uh, which, which 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 he calls his series of guides, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that the project of creating all the guides have been done, they, and they're based on seven different messages he identified is key phrases that people search for. So when I guided him on this, um, the first thing I said is, yeah, you remember how several years ago you took down most of your websites and cons- consolidated all into one? Well, now we're going to build seven more websites.
0: <laughs> With the
1: idea being getting domains that match those natural searches. Yes. And the funny thing is, is even though Google tends not to favor quote unquote squeeze pages that don't have a lot of other pages appended to them, uh-huh. we have been able to, to get some of these pages without any effort or doing anything at all to at least pop into the top half of the first 10.
2: That's fantastic.
1: Uh, I mean, w- without doing anything because uh, he's not even concerned about search engine optimizing them because he mm-hmm. uses his, he uses this push marketing to bring people to them. Okay. So in his blog, because one of his concerns is raising the, uh, the, the AIO SEO score of all of his uh, blog posts is we now Use these reports, and we call them the Ring of Fire. So, as much as we can within a blog post, we will find a way to integrate a couple of those natural search phrases sure. and link the phrase itself to the to the separate website where people can go to opt in for that special report or that
2: guide. Yes.
1: And what's really great about that is that as you add the links. You can just watch that AIOSE score. That's all-in-one SEO SEO score for those who aren't initiated and for those who use the all-in-one SEO plugin. Just watch it jump by six points, nine points, mm-hmm. four points, and turn from orange to green just by adding a couple of those links. So mm-hmm. we call so we call that collection of reports the ring of fire. And now that the project is done, he has two separate websites where he's going to be posting these reports on his main business website he's identified based on having marketed all of them the top three and those are going to go on the business branding website there's gonna be a page from that lists them with little blurbs and people can click on them to go to the websites to to download them and then at the bottom it's going to say click here for all of our guides that's going to take them to a similar page on his publishing company's website which is a completely separate website for his book publishing company where it's going to list all of the guides. Mm-hmm. And they're all going to link out to those separate URLs. So what's going to happen is he's going to create two more fires or two more burn pits for the rings of fire. Yeah, And again, it's uh, it's going to be implemented next week, and uh, I don't know how long it's going to take. But my prediction is, is give it a couple months, and when people go searching for those two websites the the business website and the publishing company website i bet you that those pages become among the top that naturally appear in serp searches sure i just bet you a dollar because because even on that one on his business website you're gonna have four outlinks one for each of the three top reports and one for the publishing company's website
2: that's exactly right that's an excellent strategy Yeah. yeah and that's pretty simple to do yeah,
1: and heck, as far, heck, as far as putting up a putting up a hosted landing page, I mean, everybody has their favorite landing page builder. I'm not going to debate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Optimized Press just because I like it, and because it's so, and because it's really cool about it is once you get a template going for how you want something you're going to repeat to like, you can just you know using the API interface upload the one you just created into your Optimized Press account. And when you install optimize press on another domain, you can just suck it right in and do a save as.
2: Yes, that's an incredible feature. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. So 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 again, if people want to debate, well, but I like lead page. Okay, whatever. Use do Care as long as long <laughs> as you can get it so it's properly hosted as a real website and not simply a redirect.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, because you want it to be
1: you want it to be an actual website. Planted into the ground with a foundation, so I think Lead Pages allows you to. Act, I think they actually allow you to truly host a website. If I'm off by that, somebody can correct me, but I believe okay. it's possible. I think so. If yeah, I think if you, I think if you install WordPress and install the Lead Pages plugin and use the Lead Pages plugin to identify your Lead Page page as the homepage of that site. Oh it will function as a separately hosted website for hmm. search engine purposes. I think I'd have to check that, but mm-hmm. it's something along those lines. I do know it's possible somehow.
2: It, I think it blows people's mind when we tell them or essentially give them permission to have multiple websites. You know, they think of the, they think of a website. People ask me all the time, how much does a website cost? And I have to explain there's different sizes, there's different levels, there's different uh-huh. levels of complexity. You can do so much with them. There is 100% value in having a website for your company with all the information. There's also 100% value in having a specific, dedicated, one-page, landing page style website to sell a particular service, product, or program.
1: Yes. Yeah, since we developed the Reach System and uh, and we're now in soft launch and a number of services for podcasters, they all have their own separately hosted websites with sales mm-hmm. letters on them, and uh, and uh, we're in the process of reconfiguring www.thereachsystem.com to have just that kind of directory. And here's where and here's where it works for me. When I'm in a, when I'm in a conversation, whether it's a a, a, a Zoom call, uh, the green room on one of these, a messenger chat, or whatever, mm-hmm. and we're talking about uh, you know you know they may need this type of help or whatever, can you help me with this? Well, at that point, they already know what store they want to go into. I just fire off I just fire off the the link to that uh, specific website, let them mm-hmm. go deep. Now, yeah. however, if it's a conversation of more like you know I'm interested in seeing how potentially you could help us or help other podcasters and i'm looking to get a range of what's out there i'm still trying to decide well in that case i can say all right we'll go to this page on the dot and you'll see all of our offerings there uh pick the ones you like and uh let me know what you think
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so i can have both conversations just with that configuration that you've laid out for us this i mean this to me right now uh i sh- i mean listening to our episodes is free but i should charge for this one <laughs>
2: We got some good stuff in here for sure. Yeah.
1: We certainly did and uh, and we ended right on time actually. So we yeah. are at the top of the hour. You have an invitation for our audience. I'm going to make that invitation great. on your behalf. Fantastic. So you have a, you have a video course which I've already seen and it's great. It's about making your website work for you. And the way to get these five keys to unlock the profit hidden in your website is to go to www my website safari.com that's www.mywebsitesafari.com if you're listening to this on our website go to the show notes uh, otherwise you have the url say it one more time www.mywebsitesafari.com and uh i'm going to reveal a big secret that's a landing page with a specific purpose and i'm driving <laughs> you there because if you're headed there anyway You're curious to learn more about what we discovered on this episode, but I will also throw out there that um, you can also visit uh, Mm -hmm. www.jungle-studios.com to get the overall picture of what CJ does. Mm -hmm. There's also cjgilbert.live, cjgilbert.live. And there's also askawebgeek.com, which I still owe CJ a contribution for. So, uh, yes, and he's gonna he's gonna beat me over the head in the green room in just a minute because <laughs> I let that one slip. But we're gonna make it up to you. Sure. Um, and then and having you here today was part of that as well. So, uh, CJ you. Gilbert, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, I say this at the end of every episode, and I always mean it, but today I want to put extra emphasis on it. This has been this has been. Um, This has been an honor, and believe me, an education.
2: Thank you so much, Adam. It's my pleasure to be on your program. Okay.
0: We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.